Hello and welcome, Hennessy Performance fans, to the Hennessy Podcast. This is episode 004. I am your self-proclaimed host, Alex Royce, and I'm here, as always, with the one and only John oh, yeah. Hennessy. Never lift, am I right? Yeah, the never lift. That's from Bruce Meyer, from my good friend from California. But uh, yeah, never lift. Here right. We are. Well, man, we have an action-packed list of very interesting topics um, that we're going to get into. And honestly, let's just get right into it. Let's get right into it. So we've got... We're trying to do one podcast a month, so yeah. I think that's about right. Yeah, that's proper. So we've got a brand new McLaren 720S in the shop. It's yeah. just being done right now today. Mm -hmm. I drove it earlier. Yeah. It's from a very great customer of ours. Ronnie Killen. Killen Steaks. Killen Steaks. STQ, if yeah. you're from Houston, you probably heard of Killen's if... Uh, if you're not, you need to check it out. Awesome. Amazing barbecue, Tex-Mex yeah. food, steaks, Wagyu beef. Wow. Yeah. We just finished his 720S McLaren, and yeah. it's phenomenal. The 720S, as we both know, is a very fast car already, um, but it's a little bit quiet. It's a little bit too refined sometimes, but with some more horsepower and some more sound, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we haven't put it on the dyno yet, but it... Uh you know, should pick up a solid 100 horsepower at the wheels. Yeah, it should be really and, close uh, to 800 so at the wheels. Intake, tune, exhaust, and blow-off valves. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the blow-off valves sound well we're, unreal. Well, we'll run some numbers. We'll do some videos on it. We'll go out and maybe match up against, I mean, we have to work hard to find a faster car, but maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe a drag car or something and, yeah. uh, you know, make for an interesting race, twin turbo Lamborghini or something. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a good street racing car. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we're doing a lot of McLaren stuff these days. Uh, 600 LT, 570s. Uh, been talking to actually to a couple of Senna guys. So the Senna engine is very close cousin to the 720. So maybe we'll see a thousand horsepower Senna before too long. That would be a, an amazing. Which, track by the way, there's a guy from Austin, friend of mine, huge McLaren. I, I refer to him as the McLaren super fan. Hmm. His name is Josh Snowhorn, and he owns. He just took delivery. Of a Senna, he has a 720. I think he has a Senna GTR on order. Anyway, he is organizing a cool event in Austin at Circuit of the Americas in September called Senna Fest. Senna's only. Anyway, so but I think I think he'll have a provision if you're a fan and you want to come out to the track and see. I think they're talking about maybe 70 or 80 Sennas out of the 500 wow. 500 built in the world uh, at Circuit of the Americas this September. Um, I think he has a website called Senna Fest. So anyway. Had a nice That's chat with him cool. in Geneva, and uh, just kind of while we're talking about McLaren, kind of made me think of that. Do you know um, how many made it to the U.S. of that 500? That's a good number. I mean, it's a good question. I'm, I'm sure we can find out. I'm guessing, yeah. I'm guessing, you know, a third to half, maybe. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. It's interesting. I'll find out. Well, cool. Speaking of Senna's and uh, crazy cars, you were yeah. just in Geneva. Just in Geneva. And uh, you had a lot of good stuff that you saw and yep. good people that you met with regarding yeah. our own car. So right. can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, been going to Geneva for the motor show in September. I'm sorry, March. Uh, the last, gosh, at least five, six, seven years. We had our display, which you were at last year for the Venom F5. And that went really, really well. Um, we're in the process of building the first car now. We have other cars behind it that we're going to be building later this year. So we weren't ready to go back to Geneva this year uh, with a display. We'll most likely return in 2020 uh, with the F5. But anyway, so I went over there just to – it's nice to go to a, a major show like that and not have to be like in the booth 
talking to the media, talking to you know people constantly like I did last year. So this year I went over there with John Heinrich, our, our chief engineer for the Venom FI program. So we had meetings with some of our suppliers, and then we see other uh, – we have many friends, you know, like the McLaren guys, Mike Fluid and his wife Mia. Uh, Mike's the CEO of McLaren. We had dinner with Mike and Mia and some of their senior staff um, the night before the show. So it's a good place. It's kind of like SEMA. It's kind of like it's kind of like supercar SEMA, yeah. Um, where you can see people and see cool cars, and so um, that went really well. Uh, you know, people are going to ask, hey, what you know, what about the what were the great cars at the show? What's my best to show? What about the Just Go, Kona Seg, and things of that nature? And so I guess to answer some of those questions that people are going to be asking, um, let's start with the Just Go. Let's do Just Go last. Let me okay. let me let me start let me start with like. What were the most impressive cars of the show, and what would I say would be the star of the show? So, again, just within the world of supercar, hypercars, um, Pina Farina had the Batista. Very nice. So it, it's a um, it's a beautiful car. It looks a little bit like a, a La Ferrari, an old electric La Ferrari. Which Kyle, that, Kyle that's Smith uh, called me earlier and invited me to the North American debut of the Batista. Oh, really? Yeah, if you want to go to that. Okay. That'd be pretty you cool. Have to tell me more about that. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, shout out Kyle. Good, good looking car. Um, you know, it's nineteen hundred horsepower. So I believe they're running. I think everything under the skin is from Remock, the Yugoslavian company that has the, yeah, the gosh, what's the name of that car? It's the one and the two, Concept One, Concept Two, all so, electric. Yeah, anyway, like that. here's my. Here, I won't even say this is a knock on the electrics. I mean, there's tons of electric cars. I mean, it seems like every time I go to Geneva, here's some company from some country in asia that i never heard of before that now has this thousand horsepower all electric sedan that's you know that's ginormous it's like the size of a suburban and then you go back to geneva the next year and they're gone so (laughs) my only comment about electric and electric is something i've had uh, my eye on for a while but having decided it's time to move forward with it is just the weight Mm -hmm. so the batiste is a beautiful car it's huge it's bigger than it's bigger than. Can you reference it to something? Mm, like a seven it's series just, BMW? Yeah, it's it's somewhere between a supercar and a seven series BMW. Huh, okay. It's a big car. Yeah. So what does it weigh? I don't know what it weighs. I'm guessing it's way over four thousand pounds. Is it forty five hundred pounds? I mean, so to me, okay, you got nineteen hundred horsepower and all this incredible straight line performance capability, but that's just the straight line aspect of a supercar, hypercar. What about when you hit the brakes? What about when you turn? And so I just don't see the dynamic of that working. I, you know, again, beautiful car. They'll probably sell every one that they make. I think I read somewhere that they're going to build 150 cars, and they have orders for half of them. And so. you have the Pininfarina name. Yeah, Pininfarina so. name. So um, let's see what else is there. I got a chance. This is kind of a cool car. Uh, so Aston Martin arguably... I think made the largest statement at Geneva in that they rolled out all kinds of new cars. They've got their Laganda, which is an all electric, big people mover, luxury people mover. Um, they had their, so they had the Valkyrie there, and that's the one I want to talk about. But they had two other sub cars that I call Son of Valkyrie One and Son of Valkyrie Two. One of them is like the AMR 03, which I'm like, okay. Then the other one's the Vanquish, and they both look to me. They both look like the Valkyrie, right? You know, uh, a lot of people seem to be excited about that, thinking that okay, well, one of them is kind of slotted for the 720 slash F8 Tributo, which is a pretty car. We can talk about that separately. Um, 
So I'm like, okay, I get that. Uh, okay, cool. I'm sure it's a good looking car, but it just looks like a mini Valkyrie to me. If I'm a Valkyrie guy, I'm like, why did you clone my car? And it's something that's like one tenth the price. Right. But anyway, uh, I'm sure some, you know, I'm sure they're all sold and they have a waiting line for those cars. So anyway, but to talk about the Valkyrie itself, to see it there with the engine in the car, with the full interior, I mean, dude, that thing is tiny. I mean, it makes a Venom GT look like. Really? Look spacious. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's a total race car for the street. Um, right. But it's neat. It looks pretty finished. It looks like it's, it was marked as prototype zero one. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that ripping down the road or maybe around the Nürburgring sometime later this year. So The anyway. Valkyrie, not to be confused with the Vulcan, which the Vulcan yeah, was... Yeah, the Vulcan was a track-only car that they yeah. built you know, a couple, yeah. three years ago. Yeah. Um, the Valkyrie has got the 6.5-liter natural aspirated V12 that makes 1,000 horsepower on wow. pump gas. Wow. Through catalytic converters. So that's yeah. that's a Cosworth deal, and that's that's pretty... It turns like 11,000-plus RPM. And on top of that, they have a... a a hybrid uh, electric motor to basically to boost the low end power and torque, some torque fill for that thing. Because I'm mm -hmm. sure that you know an engine that turns that many RPM it doesn't make its power till you know from six thousand right. to eleven or something <laughs> like that. So anyway, so that I th mm, you know I thought that was a very cool car. It, it didn't seem to be getting quite as much of attention as some of the other the new the new I'll just say the new shiny toys. Um, the car that I got, probably the the that I thought was the most special at the show, was I got, and it was only there for one day, was the McLaren Speedtail. And so I had dinner the night before the show with Andy Palmer, who's the the chief engineer, the the line executive who's responsible for that car. Now the CEO for Aston Martin is also named Andy Palmer, so there's no relation between the oh, two. Make that distinction. Both British yeah. guys, both work for. Um, very well uh, distinguished um, British automakers, but uh, and they're both engineers. Um, anyway, um, and so Andy gave me like a me and Heinrichy Heinrocket about a twenty minute walk around the Speedtail. What is that like in person? It's I mean it's like what you see in the photos. It's really long and it's really it's like a aerodynamic streamliner. It looks like something you'd see at Bonneville in August. But, but does it look good in person? Um. It doesn't look pretty, but I, I still I think just the the weirdness of it and for what it's intended to do. I mean, the I don't know if I'm supposed to tell anybody this, but the coefficient of drag on that car is 0.26. Gosh, it's super duper low. And so you so we're talking about the 720. So imagine take the 720 and add 300 plus horsepower to it <laughs> and make it lower drag and probably make it lighter weight. That's that's yeah, the speed that'd, that'd be ridiculous with 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 three seats. So it was only there for one day and to get like a walk around and he's showing us about why they did things a certain way and where the exhaust is located and it's got these little flaps in the in the material in the back of the car. Yeah. I thought that was probably, for me, that was my best of show. Now, really? what for, you know, well, and, but let's just say, and I'm trying to think what else was there, Porsche, Lamborghini, Mercedes, I don't remember having anything all that special. I mean, I think the the Koenigsegg, the Jesco, I think, I mean, people have been hearing about the rumor of, I think the people on the street, but you can just call it re regarding, uh, re referring to it as the Ragnarok, you know, like, the, oh, like right. from that movie, yeah. you know, another um, Nordic, you know, Viking, mm -hmm. you know, legendary name. And so anyway, um, 
So when we got to Geneva, we got there on Monday. And so we went by the convention center because sometimes you just people are set, still setting up and you can see stuff and talk to people. And so uh, we were waiting to meet with, I don't know, one of our vendors. And so we were kind of hanging around. Pagani and Pagani and, uh, and Konosag are literally, they're across, the, they're across the aisle from each other. And so I just told the vendor, um, it was actually our display vendor from, from the show last year. So I said, just meet us at Pagani. So we're hanging out there. And so Christian von Konosag, his wife, his, her name is Haldora, uh, Dora. She goes by Dora. Anyway, super nice lady. Uh, met her a couple times, had dinner with her and Christian. They're just the nicest people. So anyway, she comes walking by. She's like, hey, you ready to check out our cardamom? I'm like, absolutely. We'd love to see it. She's like, you're just gonna love it. You're gonna just, you're just gonna <laughs> love it. You're gonna love the name. Yeah. And so, anyway, it's it's cool to see, you know, a fellow, you know, car builders, his his wife, you know, really engaged in their business. And uh, so anyway, so we came back the next day, and I think their unveiling was like at twelve thirty, and there was like, you know, a huge crowd around their display, and um, you know, it's probably six people deep. And so anyway, I'm I'm in the back. I don't like crowds, and. Uh, so I'm watching that there. I see all these guys have like their phones up. Well, I can kind of see what's going on by looking at somebody's phone next to me. And so um, Dora gets on the microphone and starts talking about the name of the car. And I could tell she's kind of tearing up. And she started talking about her father-in-law, so Christian's dad, Yesco. That's how you pronounce it with a like with a Y rather than a J. Anyway, so he, she starts talking about what a wonderful man Yesco Konaseg is and how early in their business they had some tough times and Yesco was there for them and, and, and helped them through those times anyway. So, and then Christian came up and, and then told the story of how they had a kept it a big secret and wrote some phony press release. Yeah. I'm just like, this is awesome. Yeah. And so, um, you know, his dad is there and he tells a story and, uh, about naming the car for his dad. And so then they uncover the car and the car is, the car is completely badass. um, and uh, yeah, it's basically it's the it's a it's a um, evolution of the Agar RS. Um, right. I think I think they said they they, they lengthened the wheelbase a little bit. Um, they got this wacky nine speed transmission, which you know if can anybody it, can. Can it go from like first to ninth? Yeah, like? yeah. I mean, it's basically so what it is. It's like a three speed transmission with an over and under drive. Like some old school trucks will have an over and under for mm-hmm. like each gear, so you get a different multiplication. It's almost like changing the the actual ratio. Right. So, yeah, and actually, uh, my last day there, I was getting ready to leave the show. Christian was very nice and gave me a walk around the engine and uh, talked about the transmission. And, you know, look, if they can make that work where it's where it's that lightweight and compact and it can hold 1,600 horsepower, my hat is way off to them. And I told them, I'm like, dude, you should totally, if this works, you should license this and sell this to other, sell it to Ferrari or whoever if you want right. to. Uh, I'm sure he wants to keep some differentiation for his product, but... I thought that the, the transmission again. I don't. I don't think it's sorted out. They've got their, basically their five liter engine, which is derived from what we're familiar with with the, uh, with the mod motor with the Ford mod motor. Now they're putting a flat plane crank in it, which which we're familiar with with on the GT350 motor. So he asked me if they might have some vibration issues. I said, well, Ford has some vibration issues, but you they know, make it work. We beat the piss out of ours and haven't had any issues with it. I think if you want a road course. A super light crank like that, it might be a little different, but I mean, I, I'm sure they can make it work. But the car was beautiful, was nicely executed. It was just the whole story with um, naming the car after his dad, and just they're they're just such nice people. 
Yeah. Even though we're we are, you know, we're a direct competitor and they just treat us like royalty, you know. Yeah. They treat us super duper nice. So I'm sure yeah. they're not gonna have any problems selling their cars and we've got our cars are sold out for the next year and a half. So we're we're both busy and that's that's great to see. Right. I think they're gonna I think I read they're gonna build hundred and twenty five cars, which that's a lot of cars. But I think they've scaled up their operation. I think they have like two hundred and fifty employees now, which is a pretty that's a lot pretty big group of people. So yeah. um yeah, that's uh, it'll be interesting to see. So when we get you know, I'm sure people wanting to know what's the F5 update. So it's it's on. Uh, we're trying to get three cars built this year, um, prototype and two client cars, and that's that's forthcoming. So we'll be out going fast somewhere. Yeah, hope before the well, we for sure before the end of the year. Yeah. And what month is it? Is it is it August or is it November? We're not quite sure. Stay tuned. Well, a lot of our suppliers, and we're we're act, uh, you know we're building a lot of the key components in the UK. So they've got Brexit. And you know, every day there's something in the news about Brexit, so right. we'll get it done. But that could that could have a so little just bit of effect. one quick backtrack back sure. to the speed tail. Are yeah. you allowed to tell the story of how you almost named it? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, well, so anyway, so Mike Mike Fluid again, CEO of McLaren, has become a really cool friend, and he's very nice and invites us to various things. And I think we had dinner in Geneva two years ago. And he said that they were in the process of naming the speed tail and what would I call it? And I said, Well, I don't I don't have a name off the top of my head, but I, I kinda have a process on how I like to name stuff and unfortunately anytime you come up with a good name, somebody else has probably already come up with that same good name. Always. So you can't always use what you're what you create, but and we know that. Um so anyway, I kinda I got back home, I did my process. And kind of knowing what I knew about the car then, its intention to be fast and straight line, super, uh, super aerodynamic, and fastest car that McLaren has built, surpassing the the F1, which they ran to 241 miles an hour with the no rev limiter on the on that on that BMW V12. Anyway, um, so I circled back with them a couple weeks later, and I said, "Well, here's a name I like. I think it sounded it 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 goes with the car perfectly." But I said there's another manufacturer that's using it, and that was Aeromax. So there's a company in England named Morgan, and that's a car that's an, a name that they use. And so anyway, I just gave that to Mike and said, if you like it, you'll have to see your lawyers will have to sort something out with the, <laughs> you know, with the Morgan guys. Anyway, and those are the guys that make the make the old school cars with the wooden chassis. Yeah. Anyway, they're they're on my I mean, next time I go over to England on next one of my trips, I want to go visit their visit their factory. It's supposed to be pretty cool. So anyway, so that cool was, yeah, though. so Mike came back at me. He said he loved the name. He would, I guess they have like a committee that determines the names. He said he would totally support it, but because of the, yeah. uh, I think so, I, I think Aeromax is cooler, but it just kind of makes me think of Mad Max, but right. But also I think Speed Tail's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Well, cool. So sounds like you had a good time. And, so yeah, uh, Geneva was Geneva was really good. So so my personal best of show would be um, McLaren Speed Tail. Aston Martin Valkyrie second, but I think that the for the public, I think I think Konosig probably dominated most of the news and got lots of attention. And the cool thing is, every every time that somebody's talking about the Konosig Yesco, half they the time we're, they're talking about us. We're in the article, you know, so we're we're getting some coverage there. So thank you, Christian and yeah. Dora and team, and uh, you know maybe maybe we can get together on a highway out in Nevada or Texas, yeah, later this year. Stay or tuned for next that year. too. Yeah, I think the world would, I think people would pay to see that. 
Well, good. I'm glad yeah. to hear all that, and I'm sure the audience is too. So moving yeah. on to the Velociraptor Ranger. A lot yeah. of good stuff coming there. We've got our first few here in R&D process, right. ready to go. Um, the tune is pretty fast. Yeah, for well, a little we're gonna, truck. We're gonna we're gonna save we're gonna save some we're gonna save some good stuff save for later. Some. But okay. right. but being okay. That being said, so we, yeah, we've got the we've got the Ranger. Um, what do you think? We'll have a finish our first finished truck two three weeks. Yeah, bumpers, lights, wheels, tires, horsepower. So we're early in the horsepower process, but and we won't get into all the details of the modifications. But we've already seen. We just put a video out on YouTube. I think we picked up 64 horsepower, like 107 foot-pounds of torque at the rear wheels. Our big dealer in Nashville, the guys at Brownlee Ford, are taking orders and sending us trucks. And uh, we just had a customer here in the showroom, um, actually a relative, uh, relative through marriage, who's never met the guy. He's here specking out his Velociraptor Ranger. So I think that's going to be super-duper popular. And again, in that... You know, new nicely loaded truck is forty five, and our customers will spend on average about another twenty grand with us. So, a little bit, a uh, little bit less money than a new Raptor, and might be as fast. Maybe, maybe we'll have to see. So. Well, cool. So, uh, I read something interesting earlier about the GT five hundred, which we're yeah. all excited for, ready to modify, ready to make some more yes. horsepower. But uh, I guess it's electronically limited to one eighty. Yeah. A uh, little bit interesting, given that the ZL1 goes over 200 well, stock. I think, you know, again, if you look at the car, I think the intention of the Ford engineers was to build not just a car for top speed. I think they could have done that if they wanted to, but they wanted to have an all-around right, all around performing car. And so if you look at the arrow on the car, you, you, you've got the big splitter in the front, big wing in the back. And I think with that downforce, basically... Um, you know, at some point, the downforce, the drag from the downforce um, won't let you go faster at some level. Now it's the paddle shift transmission. I'm also guessing that depending on the amount of downforce, sometimes the tire manufacturer and the engineers will get together and say, well, once we achieve this level of downforce, we don't want to go beyond this level because then it becomes potentially an issue with adding heat to the tires. Yeah. Yeah. So... I have no doubt the car could go faster. Will we? Sure. Will we uncork that? I mean, I don't think we will unless we felt like, you know, the tires, or you could put a different tire on there to handle that. But again, I think most people are going to buy the uh, the GT five hundred. It was kind I of. I would a, probably care about the top speed, but a lot of people probably won't. Yeah, it was kind of a big surprise for me. I really was thinking that the GT five hundred was going to be a manual with a ten speed option, but they came out of nowhere with a dual clutch seven speed. Well, I think they had to. I mean, if you look at what's out there, the ZL one's been a ten speed and a manual. Now you can get the the one LE with the with both the manual and the and the mm-hmm. ten speed. So I think you know you got you know Dodge every time they turn around the Hellcat. You know, you got the demon, then you got the red eyes, and then you got the elephant. So it's like, what's Dodge going to do next year? They're going to come out with a fifteen hundred horsepower, you know, you know, Hellcat with a, you know, with a warranty or whatever. So I think Ford realized that, you know, they got, you know, they didn't have to pick a path with the new car, and just adding a gobs of horsepower to it was maybe not be the answer. So I think they want to just, you know, when I saw it at Detroit, I kind of felt like it was like an exotic muscle car. So you got the carbon fiber right. wheels, which are beautiful. All the carbon in the car is beautiful. You got the so with the transmission, you got the sophistication from the dual clutch. And I'm told it's the same dual clutch that Ford runs in the GT which just ships awesome. So um so let's compare it directly to like 
you know, you say exotic muscle car, so let's yeah. talk about GT500, ZR1, and like a GT3 Porsche. Oh, that, I mean, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I think kind of that's where they're going with it. I think that the fully loaded carbon wheel GT500 is, it's under a hundred grand, maybe not by much. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. But those wheel, those wheels are going to be fifteen, twenty thousand dollars just for the wheels. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're talking about a GT500 with all the options minus the carbon wheels, and I don't know if you can get it without the carbon wheels, but if you could, it's probably, that's probably an eighty to eighty-five thousand dollar car, eighty thousand dollar car. And then with the wheels, you're you know in the in the mid nineties, I'm guessing. Right. So, you know, it's less money than the zero one, um, quite a bit less than the, than the Porsche, but I think that's kind of in the realm that they're that they're trying to run. Is it going to get around Circuit of the Americas as fast as a GT3 or a zero one? Probably not, but I think I'm still getting around pretty good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for muscle it's, car, it's a good looking car, exotic muscle car. If it's, if it's anything like the 350s, I mean, and we'll, we'll modify the full out of those things. So you know, yeah. if you want a thousand plus horsepower, you know, you want to run E85, you want to run over 200 miles an hour, you know, maybe there's a different configuration. Maybe I don't want to get into changing the arrow on the car that much, but maybe maybe you could go to a different spec tire and run a higher top speed. But I think we'll, we'll modify a lot of GT500s. I mean, yeah. we modified. We've modified hundreds of 350s and regular GTs and right. Heritage Mustangs, and so there's yeah, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited for that car too. Yeah, it's beautiful uh, to drive too. it too. So for sure, it's gonna be fun. Um, sticking with the Ford realm, I mean, we've got a yeah. we've got a slew of V8 Raptors that we're building. Yes. Um, tell us about the real V8 Raptor. So Ford, you know, let's talk about Ford for a second. So. You know, when we first started in 91, we are doing Japanese cars, and the Viper came along. And so then from 93 through probably, you know, 2007, 2008, we were known as the Viper guys. And one time, I, the couple, about three years ago, I had a meeting in Detroit with a couple of executives who kind of ran the Mustang program. And they said, well, you know, John, we kind of think of you. We kind of think of you. You guys are kind of like the, you guys are the Camaro guys. So, well, we used to be the Viper guys, and then we were the Camaro guys for a while, but I'm like, Mark my words. In about a year from now, you mean we'll we'll all sit down and you're like, people will be like, okay, you guys are the Mustang guys. And so we just, you know, when we came up with our Mustang, 2015, 2015, 2016, built hundreds of them. We were the Mustang guys. <laughs> and so I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is that, you know, ten years ago, our Ford business was before the before the Raptor came in. Yeah, we might have we might have modified one Ford a month, maybe Ford GT every now and then. You know, we did some stuff for the SHOs. So, um, but when the Raptor came out, we saw a major shift towards Ford. And obviously now we're doing, gosh, between the trucks, the Rangers, we've got some cool new stuff coming for the Mustang that we'll talk about later. I, I love working with the Ford guys. I love the people, the people at the company, um, top to bottom are, are great people as they are. There are, look, there's great people at all the manufacturers, but we kind of have a special relationship with Ford, and they've got a great product, um, and we've really carved out a neat niche with the with the the, the Raptors, now with the Rangers, and so, um, yeah, I mean it's uh, something we'll continue to do at some point. The Broncos coming, um, you know, so there's always a there's always a good pipeline of stuff, and so we love working on the with the Fords, and we've got a great dealer in Nashville, the guys at Brownlee that stock our vehicles. Amazing. You if know, you need a Ford, Velociraptor, Ranger, Mustang, they, they probably have one in stock. I mean, six by six. Uh, yeah. Check out Brownlee Ford in Nashville. Yeah. Brock Patterson is our guy. He's the rock star. And um, 
you know, so that's a nice thing is I know I've known for, you know, since we've gotten business that there's a certain group of people that will say, okay, I want to get this car, then I want to send it to you guys, then I want to modify it. And so, you know, start to finish, that could be, that could be two months, it could be six months, depending on what they're doing. Uh, most of our builds are, you know, they, they're not here for less for more than 30 days, I'd say 80% of the time. Um, but there are just some people out there that have money to spend that want something that's cool and neat brand, something that's different and fast and fun, like the cars that we produce, but they want it now. They're like, okay, if I can't get it right now, then I'm going to buy this Ferrari. I'm going to go buy this car over here. You know, this is an instant gratification. So I think, you know, working with the guys at Brownlee, them having the commitment to have our vehicles in stock helps satisfy the guy that, you know. Needs it now. He, he, he killed it in the market this week, and he's like, you know what? I pay my taxes, take care of my family, sacrifice most of my life. I want a, I want a toy. <laughs> I, we talk to many of them. We talk to those yeah, guys all the time. Every day. It's yeah. the now generation. Yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, we're 30 minutes in and we're trying to just to, everybody knows we're, we're just trying not to go too much over 40 minutes. So yeah. So the time flies when we're talking about Geneva and Ford and whatnot. Talking about Ford, the V8 Raptors. We've yeah. got them on the ground, ready to go. We're building them. Right. It's all good to go. R&D is finished. Yeah, we'll be putting out, I mean, I think, you know, the first vehicle that we showed at SEMA, we had a little bit more R&D to do, but that thing was essentially done kind of at the end of 2018. Right. And now we're scaling up. I think we have a dozen V8 conversions in the queue, and we're queuing up to do like two a month for the next few months, then we'd like to get to where we can do one a week. So uh, it's it's not inexpensive, but if you want a real Raptor with a real V8 in it, it's the only one in the world. And, um, you know, we hear rumors about the 7.3 liter going on the Raptor. I just don't think they're going to do it because that engine, you know, I'm guessing that thing weighs 200, two to 300 pounds more than the EcoBoost. So um, our, the V8, the 5 liter that we're running weighs a little bit more than the EcoBoost, but not that much more. 758 horsepower, the sound is to die for. To die for. And, and it's it's very, it's something that's very unique. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a V8 F-150, with Raptor body parts on it. I mean, we right. build those too. Um, but I think for anybody to take a, an F-150 and put some Raptor body parts on it and then call it a V8 Raptor is not, not really being honest about what it is. Right. It's an F-150. It's a V8 F-150 with Raptor body parts on it. So just like if you took a Hellcat and put a, and put a, a, demon, hood, a demon hood on it and demon yeah. fenders on it, it's not a demon. You know? Right. So the, anyway. the funny thing when I've driven it, although it is amazing, the the thing that I felt kept feeling was you know what this just feels normal this feels like what it yeah, should I have feel been like as God intended it right you know? the rapper <laughs> was intended to have a V8 right it. you know and I get why they got four guys to put the EcoBoost in it way yeah back when, and the EcoBoost is no slouch no but we modify lots of those yeah yeah they're but man yeah, it's they're awesome. they're awesome either way I mean the V8's more either expensive way. and the lead time's a little bit longer to get um and we're only building I think we're only gearing up to build fifty a year so it's right. something that's very very exclusive and I think for a lot of our, not a lot of our customers, for some of our customers, a lot of the public, kind of the story and the status behind what the car is, is every bit as important as the functionality. Definitely. I mean, let's be real. I mean, whether you're driving a, a Pagani, a Koenigsegg, a Hennessy F5, you know, some of our customers will go out and let it rip and let it do what it was intended to do. But some of them are cool just rolling into cars and coffee with the with the story behind it. True. You know? And that, and both are great, and we're grateful for the clients that you, you know. Either way, you don't have to get three hundred miles an hour to to brag about your three hundred mile an hour car. 
Yeah, exactly. You know? Hopefully we get there before Kenosig does, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, the, I know the war is on. I know they're working on it, so so are we. So we'll yeah. see. Well, good. We've talked a lot about cars and manufacturers and all that sort of stuff. Let's yeah. just focus on us and uh, what we've got going on here yeah. as far as uh, later this year we're getting into a building expansion. Yeah. We can yeah. touch on so that. We're, we're growing, as you know. We're you know building, what, 8 to 10 vehicles a week, sometimes more. Um, you know, with the hundreds of Raptors, now hundreds of Rangers and other, um, you know, whether it's 720s or Escalades or whatever, ZR1s, whatever we got going on out there. Um, you got to have room, have room for more people and more parts. And so we're going to add, we currently have about 30, 30, 36,000 square feet plus another, you know, 4,000 feet of office, about 40,000 square feet total. We're going to add 15, 16,000 square feet to the east side of our building. So kind of an extension of our building. And then uh, we're going to be doing some updates on the racetrack. So that's that's coming later this year. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's great to have a, just a consistently growing business and uh, great, a lot of great customers and friends that you know, support us and keep us busy doing what we do and some great dealers like the guys at Brownlee. So we felt like we needed more space. And part of that space is also going to be dedicated towards F5. And once F5 goes into production – Later this year, we'll probably build in 2020 six to eight cars. Then 2021 will be, and we want to build one a month, so an even dozen. So I'm thinking about this time next year, we'll already have plans to add another probably 30,000 square feet between our, our current shop, which is next to I-10, and um, the racetrack. So and that would be that would give us more space for all the logistics that go on with, with F five. We may have another car coming after the F five too. Stay tuned. Yeah, it's gonna be very exciting. Yeah, so lots lots cool. going on. What yeah. about Tuner School? Tuner School. So yes. recently, we have currently we have a student named Jennifer. She's a fantastic yep. student from Canada, right? And she has had uh, a great experience in Tuner School, and she's excelled mm. in all ways. And right. actually, Hot Rod Magazine yeah. did an interview on her and actually wrote an article about her and that's Tuner awesome. School. And um, so that's on the Hot, on that. Hot Rod Hot yeah. Rod website. But yeah, the link will be in the description. And well, um, we're, we're very proud of our our our, our program and our instructors. And our students, uh, current uh, and past, and as well as future. I mean, uh, Tuner School does a really cool thing. We 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 hire out of Tuner School. I'd say a third of our employees here came from out of Tuner, Tuner School. School. Yeah, yeah, including some of our senior guys. And um, it's just a neat thing. And uh, yeah, it's a business, uh, but it's also I think um, it 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 put it has put a number of people on a on a course for their lives and their kind of their careers in the automotive aftermarket and, and we were a part of that. We weren't all of that. I mean the student each student kind of determines where they end up going, but hopefully we expose them to some skill set, other people, other vendors, people in the industry, events, whatever. I think the students tomorrow will be out at T X two K out in Baytown at that event. So uh it feels neat to be part of that. And then we see again a lot of times you know, the students work here and do really great things within our company and and a lot of them leave and go do something else and but we see what they're doing and sometimes breaking records and building fast cars and doing cool stuff. And I get any every I get maybe an email maybe one a month from a previous student kinda of tells me what they're doing and got an email from a guy in Pennsylvania uh last week. He just had his third child and married and 
he's a partner in an auto repair business. They're not doing much aftermarket stuff, but uh, he kind of figures it's kind of started started here. You know, yeah. he was not in the first class, but he was here maybe eight years ago. Anyway, so just it's cool, and I mean, again, we're not necessarily trying to promote Tuner School. We the classes stay pretty full anyway, but if you go to tunerschool.com and check out the website and see what the school does. If you're ever in the area, want to come by, just call us, make an appointment. We'll we'll show you what we do. Yeah, it's pretty it's a cool. Lot of fun. Yeah, we teach them everything they know. We don't teach them everything we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I've had people ask me, "Aren't you training your competition?" Well, yeah, not Kinda. so much. Not yeah. so much. We want want to give them the basic skills. We want to further the industry from the grassroots. But hey, look, I mean, there's nothing that says they can't be building stuff at some point down the road that faster than us. Maybe not faster yeah. than the F5, but faster another way so I'm, yeah. all, I'm all for it yeah so we'll be wrapping up in just a sec but we've got tx2k this week yeah. here in houston yeah. in baytown yeah. uh it's the super bowl of street racing roll racing drag racing <laughs> it's amazing street racing what's that yeah what's street racing i don't right. know and only in mexico only in mexico right. but uh what a fantastic event all, all you see is transporters with you know big drag radial yeah. sports cars on the back supras camaros corvettes Lots of um, GTRs, GTRs, Huracans. Oh my right. gosh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's some, it's an event we had here. I've known Peter Block, the founder and organizer of the event. I've known him, I don't know, twenty something years. So back when he when he was taking me for rides in his single turbo Mark IV he was, Supra, he was the first one to put a single turbo on a Supra. Uh, right? Well, first guy that I knew. Okay, but he was one yeah, of the first. One of the first. One yeah. of the, say probably one of the first twenty people to yeah. do it. He'll we, be on the podcast soon. Yeah, yeah. He he, he wants to do it. He's He's got a day job too. Right. Anyway, yeah. so but yeah, a cool event. We had it here at our track for a number of years and they outgrew us. I mean, they're over in, at the track in Baytown now. They'll be I think what what will they have in the course of three or four days? They'll have thirty or forty thousand people come out there. It's a lot Crazy. of Crazy. A lot of races. Yeah, so too. it's so cool. We're gonna go out there tomorrow, Friday. Tuner school's got a setup out there. But uh but yeah, if you're if you haven't had a chance to check out TX two K, you sh- you should check it out. Back in the day, I'm told <laughs> that there was a little bit of street racing that went on in Houston. What? But I never knew. I think at some point the cops cops realized what was going on, got enough complaints. Now, yeah, you go down any major freeway in Houston, any night this week. Yeah, any night this week, and uh, there's probably a cop sitting at every exit. So probably not yeah. a good idea. It's always so. the spring break week. So, so save the save the it's, ra- it's all those spring breakers. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's street racers gone wild. <laughs> anyway, yeah, those dudes need to like keep their pants on and not yeah. drive too fast. But anyway, um, but yeah, so if you get a chance to come to TX2K, just don't think it's Be like safe. it was 10 years ago where you could like go street race somewhere because you really can't. Kind of. Well, <laughs> maybe you can. <laughs> if you want to go to Conroe or something, yeah. who knows? You know, if you want to go down to Laredo and go across the border. Right. All in Mexico. Into Mexico. Yeah. But anyway. Well, cool event and uh, another great enthusiast event. Are we at 40 yeah. minutes? Yeah. All right. We got anything well, else to... to Man, we had an action-packed list here. We yeah. we went over a lot of cool stuff, a lot of great stuff coming in the future. Yeah, um, stay tuned to our YouTube channel, our Instagram, our Facebook. We're verified on all platforms. Yeah, and um, thanks to the folks from Shell Penzel who help a lot of what we do, especially with the F five. As always, come true. Uh, so. Our Shell Penzel family. Yep. they're here every so often, and we love to see them. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, let's let's uh, wrap this thing up. All right. All right. That concludes episode 004. Thanks for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, people, and we'll catch you on the next one. Sounds good.